0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Um, Today we're talking about the Kaiju Preservation Society, and this is a really interesting find for me. I have not read anything by this author yet, uh, John Scalzi. I've heard decent things when I went to go look at his other stuff. Um, He looks like an author who does some interesting stuff. The commentary at the end has actually really endeared me to him. I'm probably going to try and check out some of his other things if I get the time, probably during the winter or summer drought. Um, But yeah. So today we are talking about a book, and this is a really fun one. I, ha- I have to think of that. So the Kaiju Preservation Society basically follows uh, Jamie Gray, and he doesn't exactly have a great life. He was working as like a marketing executive for this like Grubhub style company, but then his boss, right before COVID, Fired him, stole all his ideas, used his ideas to make the company huge, and then sold to Uber to become a billionaire. So, Jamie basically just got screwed, you know, his ideas stolen, fired right before COVID, and now he's being forced to work as a essentially a Grubhub driver, but Uber just bought them, and his boss just became a billionaire, and they're not being transferred over, so he's going to be without any form of income soon. Which, as you can imagine, not great. So Jamie's life is pretty shit. Uh The first chapter does a great job of setting that up. You just like just like one gut punch after another, and it's just like, holy shit! G- his boss is the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. It's it's really sad, actually. <laughs> but um, so he's doing this like one of his last deliveries and it's to this guy Tom, and it's COVID, so. Uh, this is also like the first book set I've ever read that's actually set during COVID. So it's a really interesting experience for me. Uh, as you know, as we're finally starting to move past that. I know the Omicron variants are spiking again because people are idiots, but hopefully we're past it. Hopefully we're not about to relapse. That'd be very disappointing. But, um, yeah, so he talks to this guy, Tom, and it turns out he was actually a friend of Jamie's from college. Um, and he knows Jamie. He's like, he's like, Oh, dude, what are you doing? Doing Grubhub? I thought you were like working on your masters. Like, well, I quit to go work at this startup because uh, I suddenly realized I was, I was basically going to become a junk professor and make less than I'm making now, even as a Grubhub driver doing that for the rest of my life with students. And I didn't want that, but then my boss was like a complete dickhole, so you know, now I'm about to be without a job in the middle of a pandemic with two roommates who also lost their jobs and can't support themselves, and I don't want to kick out because then they're going to go back to their parents' house and there's no also no way I'm going to find the other roommates during a pandemic. So all of that combined, he's just not in a good place. Now, Tom is also, you know, a pretty nice person. He's like, look, we're not really, like, close or anything, but... Uh, we actually have an opening in the position, in this, uh, company I work for. It's like, oh, what do you do? It's like, well, we're actually an environmentalist group. Most of us are doctors and stuff, but we need some guy who can just, you know, lift things, like technical stuff, you know, move equipment around. You'd be great at that. And I know you have a master, so you're, you know, you're educated enough that you'd understand what some of the equipment does. Let's get you a job. Uh, if you head over to this address, you can talk to him. You're going to get, like, a lot of shots and stuff because we work with animals, uh, specifically, uh, large endangered ones. Uh, <laughs> He's like Jamie's, just like oh yeah, that sounds great. Turns out though, he works with kaiju, and that's when the book goes off the freaking rails. Now, for those of you who don't know what a kaiju is, because uh, so fun fact, I just want to add this in here because I don't actually get a lot of talk about this. You might might notice that for a nerd, I actually insert a lot of explanations onto what all this stuff actually means. And that's because I have my parents for reference. So one thing I like to do for fun is mention a book to them, like the Kaiju Reservation Society, and wait for the inevitable question of, what's a kaiju? Because that tells me I need to explain exactly what this is. So for those of you who don't know, in in layman's terms, a kaiju is Godzilla. That's it. It It's Godzilla. You know all the Godzilla monsters? Those Japanese giant movie monsters? Those are kaiju. They're giant monsters usually reptiles or amphibians, turtles, stuff like that, and they're almost always radioactive and or spit out elemental th- flaming breaths of some sort. That's basically the best description of kaiju you're going to get from me. There's a lot more technical definitions, but that's the one you're going to get. So, this um book is essentially about the kaiju of another world. They were found by the U.S. government when they were doing nuclear experiments. So, in this world, nuclear radiation also thins the veil between realities. However, in order to cross between realities, the veil has to be thinned on both sides. So, the only world we've actually come in contact with in this, in this you know, fictional universe, is the kaiju dimension, because there are a bunch of nuclear monsters. The veil has to be thinned on a spatial point. So, you see, it has to be thinned at the same place, with nuclear radiation on both sides simultaneously. So, like, two nukes had to go off the same place, or you had to have a kaiju resting where a nuke goes off in our world, which is really, really unlikely. Even if there are other nuclear-capable civilizations out there, it's highly unlikely we're all going to activate nukes at the same place at the same time. Make sense? Okay. So, we found Kaiju Earth. And since there are, you know, easy nuclear radiation monsters there, it's actually one of the easiest Earths to cross over to. The only one we found, really. They keep, ma- they keep bringing that up. Um, I really, I really hope he comes back here maybe we had to deal with another world, finding out the kaiju world. The world is very fascinating, though. It's basically a world, uh, changed by several factors that they're not entirely sure about. The, one of the only major deviations they know for certain, though, is that the KT extinction, you know, that meteor that killed the dinosaurs, that never hit in this world. But the stars are still mostly the same, so it's very confusing as to why it didn't hit. We're really, they, they make it very clear. We don't know what the deviation in this world is. Like, it's probably not just one thing. It's probably multiple things. But in a system this chaotic, it's really hard to figure out. And the stars are all the same, so we know we're still in a version of Earth. We're just not sure what the deal is. It's very fascinating. I, I love it. I also very much like the protagonist. Jamie is just this great guy. He's just like, oh yeah, I just want to help out. It's cool, cool. Uh, I'm wonderful. And when his boss in the world is just getting him down, he's just like, well, I'm, life is shit. Yeah, life is shit. But, but he's very upbeat about it, which is nice in a protagonist. Uh, and he takes it all in stride until they get to the, uh, dimension. There's also a lot of interesting fun stuff that happens, like when the doctor has to give him a lot of shots, and he's like, well, that doesn't see that bad. Oh, no, well wait, wait, I gotta get ten more. He's like, what the Wait, 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 do I really need all of those? Like, yes, you are going to have a really bad time. (laughs) Don't worry, they're all mostly safe. (laughs) Also, there was this nice little jab where it's like, actually, we have an experimental version of the COVID vaccine just for you. Don't tell your friends, they'll be jealous. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's fair, I would be jealous too. Um, But... And all these other new recruits are all, like, scientists, and one of the first things they're told is, don't worry, you won't be able to t- about this for at least a few decades, but when you do tell some people, you're going to be, like, the envy of your fields. So, uh, sorry about that. My phone was not turned on silence. <sighs> but, yeah. So, everything is pretty awesome. This is... You know, there are a lot of fun things. Tom is a great guy. He turns into Jamie's boss. He's like the supervisor of all the, uh, you know, I lift stuff guys. That's actually Jamie's repeating lines. Just whenever he's like, so what do you do here again? It's like, I lift things. (laughs) It's like, it's like, so I have a PhD in geology. She's the chemist. You're, she's the biochemist. What are you? I lift things. (laughs) I'm sorry. This book, this book has great comedic timing. I wasn't exactly sure about the narrator for the audiobook at first. Like, just like the first chapter, I was like, eh, I'm not kind of sure I can stand this guy. But when he gets to the kaiju world, his reactions are all on point, and I love it. Um, And obviously there's some, you know, problems going on in the kaiju world they have to deal with. They're all trapped there for six months because that's how the rotating shifts work. You have two teams each spending six months there with an overlapping of three months with one group and overlapping of three months with another group. Uh, so Jamie is going to get to live there six months. But the story really seems to focus around the first few weeks they're there, which is good. Um, all in all, it's a very fun, interesting book with a lot of good humor, cracks at, you know, kaiju and general pop culture in general. And to me, it's sort of a landmark in a weird way because it's one of the first books that's come out about the COVID era, if that makes sense. And has a lot to say about that moment in time, you know, in general. Uh it all, it, it, takes a few digs at Trump, on it, obviously, but it t- tends to make them a bit more oblique. Like, it's like, so a certain president made us, made us, uh, bring, cause like, they so basically one of the big things is that, uh, the Kaiju Supervisions, I you always know my billionaires and major political figures, so, uh, they have to take on tourists occasionally, and when the Trump kids came in, there was like, it's like, yeah, so we had to bring his adult sons in for the president's adult, large adult sons. It's like, you didn't. And then they asked if they could hunt one. It's like, you should have let them try. <laughs> it's like, they would have died. That would have been hilarious watching the government try to cover that up. Uh, but no, uh, it tends to shy away from that and focus more on the isolation of uh, 2020 and how damaging a lot of company owners were during that time, laying people off just so they could save a little bit during the pandemic. That's the main focus. It doesn't focus as much on uh, the political stance of the time. It's more of uh, commentary on all the people, you know, who had to deal with this shitty time without the security of a stable job because their employers laid them off. Because, you know, that's literally the main plot. character's plot. That's what happened to him. That's what instigated this whole plot. So, Yeah. The main fun, though, often comes from just the insanity of this world and how crazy it is. Uh Like, they, you have parasites the size of dogs that live in the kaiju. You have a world where nuclear bombs going off, uh, it wouldn't really be as destructive because everything's grown to acute, uh, like, it's basically grown in tolerance of nuclear radiation. Nuclear radiation can still, like, burn and blister the earth, but it doesn't, like, completely decimate the ecosystem of this world. Which, you know, makes sense because there are giant radioactive monsters running around all over the place. Uh, it treats them almost like giant, pan- giant, very destructive pandas, too. Like, there's this one mission we had to go on early on. Oh, I'm not going to spoil that. I'm not going to spoil that yet, so that's for spoiler talks. All in all, though, I would have to say this is a flat-out 10 out of 10. It's one of the best sci-fi comedies I've read in a long time. Uh, it definitely... Uh, I, like, the only problem I have with it is I wish there was more to it. It feels like it ends too soon. That character's almost common at the end, saying, like, how after the first few weeks of excitement, the rest of the, uh, the rest of the, tr- you know, trip to that world seemed to just fly by without any major upheavals, and it's just like, I want more major upheavals! I want to know more about this world! I want to spend more time with these characters! You're all likable and fun! Ugh. But, all good things must come to an end. Jamie likes a little nice note. It- it's all great. It's all fantastic. I highly recommend you read this. It's one of the best new sci-fi things that's come out in a while. It's highly original. John Scal- Scalzi ha- definitely had a great time writing this. You can really tell he was having fun. And it shows. So, yeah. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Might be my book of the year. I'll have to see how the Golden Enclaves goes. Because I got my man's book 3 coming in. Oh, yeah. This fall. We're going to get the series finale. Sorry, I, I'm a big deal know no big chill. Uh, but, yeah. All right, so we're moving on to spoiler section. If you not want to hear about spoilers, you should probably leave because we have spoilers incoming. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, moving on straight into the play. Jamie gets in. They have a bunch of freak out about, okay, how is the impossible? How, what's going on here? Uh, there's this nice little joke where... Everybody's getting these, uh, binders. So like the, bi- the geologist is like, oh, okay, so what's the fossil record? It's like, oh, it's like, here's the geologist, right? Here's the binder. It's like, you know, it's like 10 books stacked on top of each other. It's like, this is my binder. It's like, yep. It's like, whoa, wait, what about the chemicals, David? Oh, you're yeah, the chemist. Here's your stuff. You're, I mean, the biologist. Here's the biologist. Like the biologist, it's like, okay, so, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. The biologist asks some questions. He gets a big old binder. The chemist asks a question. He gets an even bigger binder. The geologist asks a question. He gets a tiny pamphlet. It's like, what is this? This is all? It's like, well, there are giant radioactive monsters walking around everywhere. We haven't exactly had a good opportunity to excavate the fossil record. It's like, that's fair. <laughs> but you have a lot of good opportunities to make some discoveries as a result of this. Those two already have their work cut out for them. They want to make a good discovery. And then, and then in terms of Jamie, it's like, oh, you're the new hired muscle, right? And then he hits Jamie, the biggest folder of all. It's like, you need to know basically everything because you're going to be in charge of making sure people don't get eaten. <laughs> Oh, it's great. I love it. It's just little jokes like that, you know, playing on uh, the idea that everyone there is a doctorate. The weird state of the world. The sort of pseudo-family vibe they give off because they're all trapped there all together for six months. And the whole cast is just so likable. And the villains are so hateable. Okay, so... The villains are mostly just Jamie's boss, his old boss from that old startup. So it turns out his dad is a billionaire, too. And he was basically using that company to annoy Uber so they'd buy them out and he could make a billion so he could go to Kaiju Earth. Because his parents have been involved. His family's been involved in it for, like, generations at this point. And when he gets there, Jamie's like, oh, there's no big deal, right? I just left you to fend for yourself in one of the worst pandemics of all time. And Jamie just has to suck it up and be like, yeah, no problem. Um, also, there's a really nice subversion in this thing, too, because when Jamie's first told he's gonna be chaperoning some tourists, he's like, alright, so who am I chaperoning? I'm like, well, Jamie, I-, I want you to be called about this, Tom. Who am I chaperoning? It's like, your boss. It's like, nope, nope, I'm not doing this. It's like, Jamie, will you please, please, Jamie, will you just listen to me? It's like, do I have to, let me guess, I have to, I have, to have no choice. It's like, no, 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 you have a choice. It's like, wait, what? I have a choice. It's like, yeah, this is outside your job description. Uh, we're doing this as an emergency thing because we had that big kaiju incident a while ago. And one of them went nuclear, which a lot of people want to see a kaiju corpse, apparently. So um, this is a completely optional thing. If you do it, other people will have greater workloads and they will have to take time away from their stuff to do it. We won't like that you won't want to do it, but we will understand. I mean, this guy was a complete jerk to you obviously we're asking you to do this as a favor. So this will make everything run more smoothly and we'll need to get you some combat training so you can actually accompany them on the forest floor. But no, this is an option. This is outside your job description. So Jamie, would you please do this as a favor for us? It's like, Oh, well, if you're asking nicely, and not forcing me to do it. Sure. It's like, I'm not going to like it, but yeah, for you, Tom, sure. And it's like, that was just such a pleasant surprise, because in so many stories, like, I don't really have a choice. And they're like, even in the comedy stories, especially in the comedy stories, they're always so quick to go like, nope, you don't. And, and it gives the characters a lot less agency, but Jamie getting the option, realizing there are consequences to saying no, but they're not, like, world-ending consequences, not even relationship-ending consequences. You get the idea that Tom really would understand if Jamie did not feel comfortable escorting the boss that basically left in a fin for himself in a frickin' pandemic. But Jamie chooses to do it anyway because he's just a nice guy like that. Um, and he puts up with a lot of shit. But he does it because he wants to help his friends out because he understands that's how he can best be of, you know, use to the people who have essentially given him a second chance at a life. Um, all in all, I actually really like that moment. It stuck out to me as something you don't see in a lot of books. Even in books with a lot of character agency, in situations like this, most of the time they go for the quick joke of, I don't have a choice, do I? Nope. And I'm just like, that's such an overplayed trope. I like that they gave him a choice with negative consequences, but not like destructive ones, like consequences he could live with, and he chose willingly to accept accept both sides of it and be like, nope, you know what? I'm gonna do this for my friends. I I'm sorry, I know I I know that seems like a lot to point out for a small moment like that, but it really says a lot about the writing of this story. Uh, there are smaller other things like that, and don't get me wrong, they go for some dumb things too, like, the, the researchers are all, uh, com- kind of idiots or, like, nerds, and so they, uh, name the kaiju, and you'll see, like, Kevin, the kaiju, is near the, uh, you know, near the portal where they first get out. And then they have to get one, one kaiju to fuck another one that's been trying to get its attention for a while, but it's a pa- essentially a giant radioactive panda, so it doesn't, you know, know better. Although, it's described as looking like H.P. Lovecraft's panic attack, so do with that information with you, would you will. Uh, this is definitely not a book for kids, by the way. They see it's Cloaca at one point. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing that happens. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about that scene. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, they named the kaiju. The dumb male is Edward, and the female that trying to get his attention is, yes, Bella. And it is so dumb, and I love it. Like, this is, this is the kind of dumb sci-fi fun with actually interesting sci-fi-like premise behind it that just merges together into one of those great sci-fi comedies that you really gotta love. So, yeah, um, you know, obviously Jamie's boss is working on some sinister thing. So, basically, his family for generations have been trying to get access to kaiju DNA samples, which are all kept on this side of the portal. The data is sent back, but actual genetic samples are not. And they want it because the kaiju, during their development, developed their own... Basically, in order for the kaiju to be give have all the nuclear radiation powers, basically, as they grow, they develop a organic nuclear reactor inside their bodies, which I love how the physicists and biologists are both like, uh, that's not how that works. Like, we know that's not how it works. That's why we're studying it, because this is fascinating. <laughs> if this existed in our world, every freaking scientist on the planet would be trying to study how this works. Um, and, you know, obviously the company wants to create loads of bi- bio uh, biological nuclear reactors as a way to supplement their income. Um... And he's willing to, you know, murder a bunch of people, uh, teleport a kaiju onto their side, kill it and a lot of its unborn children, steal some of those children to be, and parasites to be used as guinea pigs in lab experiments. Oh, and nuke part of Canada in the process. And potentially an entire military base just to cover up their actions. Yeah. He's a dick. And he gets what's coming to him. Oh yeah, he gets what's coming to him. Spray with pheromones and dragged away by, uh, by parasites. Oh my! What sweet glory vengeances. So yeah, Jamie and them rescue the Kaiju mother, Ed, uh, Bella, who had kids with Edward, and they've been watching that. Uh, she settled on the destruction of another Kaiju. It's complicated. I won't get into that right now. And you know, things just go back to normal, and they're just like, well, after that fuck up, uh, <laughs> we moved on with our day, and yeah, the rest of this, the rest of the visit was pretty, sa- uh, you know, nice and safe. Uh, he leaves a small message because whoever comes there takes over their room and he heads back home. But on his break, he gets a order something from, uh, Uber Eats or for, yeah, for Uber Eats. And lo and behold, it's the secretary to his boss. Uh, apparently after midway through the movie, they've learned that the reason his, uh, he had gotten fired is because his friend who was the secretary had made a bet that, um, no one would, no one would, you know, be doing be one of their drivers uh if they were fired from the job. And so the the guy actually decided to go through with it instead of taking it as a joke and threatening to fire her if she didn't follow through on it. So he drew six names out of a hat and literally at random, Jamie's name came up and she fought really hard for him not to do it because he was, you know, he was her friend and she felt extremely bad about it. Um and you know, he got fired. So and it was literally a bet for one buck. Okay, and she had to pay that buck when she lost it because yes during a pandemic the people who got fired will literally do anything they can to earn money because this guy was literally playing with their lives like they were freaking like pennies like this guy is a dick. Seriously, he deserved to get eaten by parasites. Um. Anyway, he finds her basically in the same situation he was in and him in the same situation Tom was in because Tom's not exactly around anymore. Yeah, he got murdered by the goons of the, uh, boss. Dick move, boss, dick move. But, uh, yeah. All in all, uh, you know, and obviously he's like, well, you know what? We're actually down a guy. Maybe you should go check out this phone number. She might be able to give you a job. Tell her Jamie sent you. And you get this new story of someone, of him introducing someone else to the kaiji world. Which is actually really nice. I like that kind of sickle little story of this is how the new people come in. You know, if there are accidents, obviously, it's a dangerous world. We try our best, but we do lose people on occasionally. We take it really hard. But when we do, we reach out and we find new people. And we continue studying this amazing world that becomes a part of us. The world they crafted to is just so fascinating. The different types of fauna, the way the world's developed, the theories on how how and why it developed that way. I could really get immersed in this. Like, if they told me a sequel was coming out for this, and it was literally going to be nothing but them trying to understand how the kaiju formed, I'd be all for that. Like, this comedy plus that kind of sci-fi, oh, it is just everything I love. All in one place. Give me more of that. Mm-mm-mm. More, more, more. So, uh, yeah. Like I said, it's an easy 10 out of 10 for me. Fantastic book. Check it out, guys. I will have links in the show notes and or description. Uh, you can find this at Barnes & Noble or on Amazon. I would actually more recommend, well, you don't really have a choice. They're about pretty big companies, but probably Barnes & Noble. They're the less coming ones. And I used to work there, so, you know, helping out them, maybe. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Barnes & Noble Corp. was kind of horrible. (laughs) Can I say that? Nah, I said it already. But, uh, yeah. See you guys next time. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And thank you for listening to the Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at Dragon underscore Library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.